Let's visit the 90s all over again. Put on those hammer pants. This is Dope Nostalgia. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Dope Nostalgia, number 165, and I'm your host, Naomi. I am so lucky and honored to have gotten this guest all the way from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, where we got to Zoom from. He's there celebrating South American summer and has so many amazing stories to tell us. He is the king of freestyle music. Stevie B is on the show today. And here's some background information on Stevie B. Wikipedia Moment. Please bear in mind that Wikipedia is not to be taken as actual 100% fact. Any donkey could edit it at any time. If I'm reading you the artist's bio, that stuff is real truth. Stephen Bernard Hill, known professionally as Stevie B, is an American singer, songwriter, and record producer who was influential in the freestyle and high-energy dance music scene of the late 1980s, mostly in Miami. He had a 1990 number one hit ballad called Because I Love You, the Postman song. Stephen Bernard Hill was born on April 19, 1958 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He worked a variety of jobs, from car washing to fast food, before gaining recognition for his 1987 National Club Smash, Party Your Body. It was also the title track of his 1988 debut LP, which eventually went gold. In 89, he had his first top 40 hits with I Wanna Be The One, In My Eyes, and Love Me For Life. With his 1990 album Love and Emotion, he reached the height of his success. With the accompanying single, Because I Love You, enjoying four weeks at number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 in December 1990. He had two other top 15 hits from Love and Emotion with I'll Be By Your Side and the title track of the album. In 1995, a Greatest Hits album was released by Universal Records in the Philippines simply titled Dream About You. In 1998, the best of Stevie B was re-released highlighting the light dance pop sound that marked the start of his career. In August 2009, he released The Terminator, which features the lead single, Running for Miles, and a remixed rendition of one of his biggest hits, Spring Love, with a guest performance by Pitbull, and the music video featuring Polish model, Anita Sikorska. Now folks, he's amazing, so much fun to talk to, and I feel very blessed to invite today's guest onto the show guys welcome stevie b naomi tell me something let's go with it <laughs> welcome welcome to, to dope nostalgia and i'll tell everybody that today joining me from brazil it's such an honor to have the king of freestyle stevie b here on our show thank you so much, thank you so much for inviting me Oh, man, it's just so wonderful to talk to you. Um, going way back to the beginning, when I think about, uh, you know, your origins of your music, what made you decide this was your path? You're going to be a musician. Well, it I didn't decide it. It decided me. So we all like we try all these things, you know, and you never know what's going to take hold. And, uh, uh, you know, you start to build up all this uh, uh, excitement about life and what you're going to do in junior high, you know, elementary, and then high school and all these things. And, uh, you know, at one point I was going to be a professional tennis player. 
and uh, I was going to be, you know, a baseball player and I was going to be a football player and all these things. So uh, I was in a high school band, but I was not the lead singer. Mm. Uh, the singer went by the name of Howard Johnson in 1980. He had a number one hit with a record called So Fine. And Howard was our lead singer for the band. So he had that uh, Al Green and that heavy textured voice. And I had that little mini uh, tenor voice. So long story being a little bit longer, uh, Howard went on to do something big. I went to college and I heard his record actually while I was in college. And I said, you know, I might give it another try and took some years. It took me almost uh, seven or eight years, but I just kept trying to produce. I, I wanted to be an engineer first mm. and um, I didn't have anybody to do uh, some of the vocals I wanted to do. So uh, these rappers came in, I did a rap song and then I tried, I heard the stuff from Noel and TKA. Ah. And I said, man, I could do that. My voice was kind of tailored for that. They weren't like incredible singers kind of thing. They were just cool singers, get a good feel. But what really drove the music was the, the, the beats and the melodies and a cool little voices. And I said, shit, you know, I think I can do that. So I did it. And all the, lo and behold, <clears throat> people liked it. So like, like I said in the beginning, it chose me. People liked it. I said, well, maybe uh, it's a, just a one hit thing and uh, it's not going to be any more. So I didn't plan on doing much more. I, you know, I said, well, then another hit, then another hit. And then here we are 35 years later. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Is Do you have other people in your family who are musical as well? Yeah, my son is a very big producer now. He's 28. And uh, he was born in, born in the uh, freestyle era, mm. but uh, he is another generation. So uh, he, he likes freestyle, but he's a hip hop, R&B and pop. And he does, you know, he's done Justin Bieber. He's done the Migos. He's done quite a bit of stuff. He, he's actually one who discovered Post Malone. So he is in that generation of, uh, of producers and artists. Those are wonderful credits to his name. Oh, no doubt about that. He's doing well. No doubt about that. Yes. How have you taken care of your singing voice over the years? What do you do? Like, if you're going to oh, go out not, on tour, do you have any yeah. kind of any kind there is of not much, preparation? It, yeah, it's not really that much to to take care of. I mean, my singing, my 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 singing voice is almost like my talking voice. I can just go right from one to the other. And my eyes gotta believe there's something. I can just talk. So I don't do all that, all that stuff and screaming and blowing my voice out. I, I don't do that. I don't write like that. And that's not my style. So my voice is always in pretty good shape unless I get kind of sick. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That, that doesn't uh, fare very well. But, but other than that, I'm always in pretty good form. It's not the voice I have to take care of. It's my hearing. That, oh, yeah? That become, yeah, become an issue. My left ear, I lost a lot of the high end on my left ear. So uh, um, I'm dependent on the right ear and some of the mids and lows on my on my left ear. But other than that, I'm I'm pretty good. Thanks, you know, for being a 65 year old guy. Oh yeah, and you're looking terrific. Six at hey. 65. Hey, I just got out of that pool right behind us. I just got out. Of it. I do 100 laps, 200 laps a day. So I try to stay in pretty good shape. 
Oh, that's really good to hear. So you're living down in Brazil now, is that correct? Yes, I live in Brazil during the uh, off tour season, mm -hmm. which is now and has been since uh, uh, middle of December. I come down and spend two and a half, three months. I take off. I didn't get a much chance to take off, off, but uh, I don't work all day. I just I was in the studio yesterday and I produced a song for a uh, young guy who is uh, part of what they call the offspring of freestyle in, in, in Rio. Huh. And it's called uh, Funky Melody in, Bra in Brazil. They don't call it freestyle. They call it funk. So we have a different version of funk in the States and even in Canada. It's like uh, Rick James and, uh, you know, Parliament Funkadelic. That's funk to us. But here uh, they call our music funk music. And now the offspring of that generation when we came here in 91, 92, 93, they're they're right around 30 something years into it and they're giving homage to freestyle or funk music and one of the guys uh name is bobby rum r-u-m but it's pronounced whom like oh. you know whom whom uh h-o-o-m because r in portuguese is h like ah. so uh bobby whom uh invited me to do this song called nossa bandeira which is uh it's called our flag Freestyle is our flag. Look at it. It's been flying and, and we are proud. And uh, it's the music that opened the doors in the favelas. I don't know if you know what the favelas are here in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Those are the ghettos. Mm -hmm. So who accepted CVB first in Brazil? Freestyle music was the poor people in the, in the ghettos. They're the ones who brought me up and then everybody else caught on later. But that normally is how musical trends go anyway, just like hip hop. Uh, R&B and underground music, uh, the elite don't don't catch on quickly. They just follow what the streets uh, are, are trending, you know? And so that's what I did a, a lot during this last two months. And But I take my time off. I just left the beach. You see, I got my nice little tan working. But I was on the beach as an hour ago, and I just jumped in the pool and did my laps. So I try to stay in shape for a 65-year-old guy, yes. Oh, yes. That's wonderful. Doing mm -hmm. well with it. Thank you. I wonder, I wonder if the reason why the, the beats and the hip hop and freestyle translate so well is because the music is so full of joy. Yes. I think that's, a you know, there's an attachment to uh, different things when it goes on to music. Some people attach to uh, the melodies like Brazil. They don't the majority of them don't know, don't know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. but they cry right at the right time. You know, when I do a ballad, they cry right at the right time. But they love the melodies. That's why they call it funk melody. And uh, and the funk is the, the beats and the rhythms. But uh, there are people who attach to um, uh, the lyrical structure, whatever you're talking about sometimes. And then there's people that attach to the rhythms and the melodies. So, and, uh, you know, it depends on what you're going through in your life it has a special uh, place uh, that attaches very early and it carries on through. If you got some good music, it does. Sure does. I, be, I feel like that says something too about the emotional delivery um, in, in your singing, you know, like mm -hmm. they can sense that, that feeling that you're, you're putting across to them. And I think it's a beautiful tell me, thing. Tell me, tell me about it. <laughs> it's nice. Um, <laughs> um, 
when we're, well, we mostly talk about the nineties on my show, but uh, we also talk about what you're doing now, but to go back a bit, um, when you think about the late eighties, early nineties, what shows did you enjoy visiting the most being on um, some of your favorite hosts, things like that. Do you remember some of the great shows well, you were on? Yeah. I mean, the shows, uh, you know, t- if you're talking TV shows, you know, I did Passage, I got Arsenio Hall. I've done uh, uh, the Apollo Theater. Uh, I've done quite a bit of stuff. Um, all of them were kind of fantastic. I think I highlight a few of them on that video that I have out right now on the on the uh, Take It All Back video. Mm-hmm. So you see all the nice TV-looking footage uh, that's uh, paying homage to some of the successes, you know. We don't get a lot of accolades in the quote unquote industry. So we have to uh, kind of toot our own horn. And uh, I think that was a, a, a part of the horn tooting on that first video. And then I dropped another lyric video yesterday. Uh, and it shows a little footage from Magic Mountain and places in LA at the big theme parks when, you know, we were kind of like the first boy group, mm-hmm. you know, before Backstreet Boys and in sync and all those guys. So we were doing that. Uh, but we've been surviving now. It's going on uh, 35 years. Thank goodness we've been here. Exactly. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And what about performances in front of an audience? What's one, one that really stands out in your mind? I got to be honest with you. All of them stand out. I don't yeah. kind of put one before the other. If you're talking about size, I mean, I've done stadiums, you know, stuff like that. But I enjoy mostly the close-up uh, close and personal uh, shows more. You can see the people's faces and see the emotion. When you're doing the bigger shows, mm-hmm. it's a little less intimate. Yeah. Uh, but but I like the, you know, I, I guess a, a, a small seater would be maybe a couple thousand people, but at least I'm up closer and I can feel that energy. It's just, I mean, I feel it all in, but the, 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 the tighter shows uh, give me more satisfaction that way. Yes. I guess you would say that. feel like you're at like a party with your friends. <laughs> I, 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 I do it. I had a friend that had a party um, uh, last weekend. He invited me. And of course he had to tell his friends that I was coming and they had a, a samba band playing on the back on the patio. And uh, next thing you know, the DJ pops on some Stevie B. And you know it let you know one thing leads to another. Mm. And I just went over there and rocked the fucking house, you know. <laughs> I, had <to> do what, <laughs> I had to do what I had to do. I, I couldn't contain myself. But I do do that. Uh, I enjoy doing it. They expect me kind of do it. But I do it. I just, you know, I had a couple beers and stuff. I loosened up a little bit. I just have fun, you know. That's what it's about, honestly. Yeah. Um, how did things change for you? The big hit happened, the Postman song. Now, mm-hmm. what was it like getting a number one single for? And it was four weeks at number one, wasn't it? Yeah, um, we got lucky because a lot of people probably don't know. When you enter the number one position during uh, the holiday season, like right after Christmas, you lock in. So it stays locked. They don't change it. So I locked in in uh, uh, Christmas of 89. So it carried me 
over to uh, uh, 90. And then, of course, on it, uh, on the strength of the record, it stayed another three weeks. So we had four weeks at number one, and then we had a wonderfully uh, graceful fall from one. We beat Bet, we beat uh, Whitney, Bette Midler, uh, Elton John. I mean, some super heavy hitters. So your little old Stevie B uh, was hobnobbing and hanging with the big boys on the charts. What an amazing feeling! Who were you working with as a producer during that time on that album? That particular album had a very uh, incredible history because um, Warren Allen Brooks is a, a guy that I was working with earlier in my career uh, when we weren't <laughs> weren't making it or doing anything. But he and I formed a little group back in '85 uh, called Friday Friday, and uh, we put out a little record. It was like a, a you know a duet between he and I. But the problem is Warren wanted to sing and his ass can't sing, but, <laughs> but he's a great writer producer. And then, you know, he can, he can blurt out what he's trying to sing when he's writing. Mm -hmm. But as far as him being a artist, he hates when I talk like this too. Come on, Steve, <laughs> man. come on, man. But uh, he, he and I did that song in 85. We broke up uh, soon after and we parted ways. And I went on to have hit records, lots. And uh, we we're just getting ready to um, do my third album, which is the Love and Emotion album. And uh, I got a phone call from the from the label that this guy, Roy Allen Brooks, is trying to contact you. He keeps calling up here. They say it's an emergency. And I finally got it, uh, the, the call in and Warren was in the hospital. And I hadn't heard from him in years. And he, he was in the hospital. He had a nervous breakdown. So um, I talked to him on the phone, and it was it was a very sad day because I said, what's going on, Warren? Steve, man, I've been trying to contact you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm getting to my point when you, when you talk about that album. Um, he said he was doing not doing feeling well, and you know he was depression. And he said, man, I see you on TV and radio all the time, man. He said, it's, just, it's killing me. I've been trying to contact you. So I said, where are you? He says, I'm in the hospital. So I talked to the nurses and uh, I got him out of the hospital and I sent him down to what I had at that time was called B-Land. Elvis has Graceland. I have B-Land. Yeah. So I sent him down to B-Land while I was uh, on the road. And I won't take this much longer. Uh, and um, so, but when I had him on the phone, I said, because uh, he'd let me hear a piece of Because I Love You four years or five years earlier. And he had this book of songs. So I said, Warren, I said, well, uh, I'm going to send you to be, I said, you still have that book, right, with all the songs? He said, nah, man. He said, I, he said, I burnt it. I was pissed. I said, no. I said, what happened to the Postman song, the thing you sang with the Postman thing? He said, oh, man, don't worry about that. He said, I remember that song. He said, I got that. I said, I want that song. I said, I wanted to go on my album. I said, I told you years ago, I think that song, because he only sang me the first verse. I said, I think that song could be a hit record one day. He said, you think so, Steve? I said, yes. So I sent him down to B-Land. I was still on the road. I came off the road and we began to pick songs for that album. And Naomi, he was on fire. He wrote and produced seven songs on that album, including Love and Emotion and Because I Love You. 
And if you look at the credits, he has quite a few records and he became a millionaire from that, uh, from that re record. And it changed his life. And he never wrote any more hit records though. Cause you know, he finally got some help and they got him on his medications and he fucking got too happy. He couldn't write no more. I said, you need to get off your, I said, when you want to write, I said, get off your medicine for fucking a month, get <laughs> sad again and get your ass in the studio. But say, I, I say, but as long as you're taking the juice, you, you ain't gonna be able to, you, you're too fucking happy and you don't know how to write happy songs. Writing but, is therapy. It's right totally there. therapy, but back to that album, that, that wind up being magical, uh, that album, and it has a lot of history because people think that Because I Love You is a love song between a guy and a girl, but it actually is a gospel song. The song is about when Warren was depressed he said, I wrote a letter to God and God wrote me a letter. He says, I got your letter from the postman just the other day. So God says, I decided to write you this song just to let you know exactly the way I feel. Let you know my love's real because I love you. Because he was feeling some type of way. Uh -huh. And most of us feel that way sometimes. But he told me that story. I never... I, don't, I didn't divulge it back then, but I divulge it now because a lot of our audience are a lot mature now and they've got families. They go to church or mosque or temple. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it, it hits them a little better. It hits them good when they hear that. It's food for the soul for them. I think I like it even more knowing that. Stop you know? it. Stop it. That's <laughs> true. It's I'm a Christian. But that's a, but very that's inspirational. Real, but that's the real, that's the real meaning behind that. No doubt. It did beautiful things for you and beautiful things for him. And it was a blessing. For a lot of people. It that 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 song, I mean, you know, it changed it changed my life. Uh I mean, I had hit records, but because I love you just took it to a, a whole new level. And it took a whole took it to a whole new level for him and his family and the people around him. So it's not just about you getting blessed. It's about you blessing other people too. Because some things ain't just made for you sometimes. You're used as a catalyst uh, to facilitate, facilitate things for others. Light to be 
Dope Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So please join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. It's a conspiracy. conspiracy. It's a Conspiracy is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network and happily powered by ATB. We are a bi-weekly podcast that aims to discuss selected conspiracy theories, alternative accounts, legends, myths, and more without coloring the topic with our conversation until the very end of the episode. We also feature beer reviews, lame jokes, bad puns, far too many 80s movies references, geek culture, and general nerdery. Our real aim is for fun, inclusive content that doesn't take itself too seriously. You don't have to be blisteringly paranoid of mind control to enjoy a chin wag with your old pals, Greg, Charlie, Andrew, the Irish Madman, and our podcast puppies, Kylo and Ren. It's a Conspiracy is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Atomic Punch Gushers with a taste that's gonna drive you fruity. It's very, very different and totally appealing. It's new Fruitomic Punch Gushers, the fruit snack bursting with juicy fruit punch in the middle. So fruity, they'll really turn your head. Whoa, I'll say. New Fruitomic Punch Gushers, the blast of fruit punch is gonna drive you totally fruity. Man, I gotta split. Thinking about the history of the music you've made and not thinking about the singles. I like to ask people of the album tracks of the deep cuts. Is there one that you wish would have been a single? All of them. <laughs> I don't, I don't write demos. Yeah. I don't write B tracks, no pun intended, but uh, I don't write um, uh, uh, throwaway tracks. Everything that I write, it's normally biographical. If I do a party song, it's probably about something that I, you know, that I've either witnessed or I've gone through myself. Mm. But uh, 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 there are no uh, throw-off tracks. But I like songs like uh, "It's All About You" that I did on the "Never Gonna Let You Go" album a couple years ago. And a lot of my albums, you know, came out. I never really released them, like marketing marketing programs and you know to get them out to get on radio i mean radio has been off of us for quite some time so uh it's you know the, the kids normally dominate radio and uh, uh you know i got kids who are 18 19 20 so my 18 19 20 year olds don't be wanting to hang out with no 65 year old guy so uh, yeah, I get it. I, mean, I get it. But that but radio has a little surprise now because nobody nobody under forty is listening to radio anymore. Everybody's on their own podcasts and their their iPhones and everything else. Only the forty year olds, like in higher, mm -hmm. 
are we still listen to radio they, that's the biggest skill on radio right now is that but uh people are doing and listening to exactly what we're doing i have my you know i have my freestyling podcast now that's launching and you have yours and look where everybody is at they're watching us exactly excited to talk about the podcast now tell me what's it called what's going on with it freestyling with stevie b oh this is and you haven't made your or your debut quite yet i did it we have uh we have one in the can uh as of last week we we did tests and and uh my host is uh and producer is uh felix sama out of miami and felix is the one who is producing it for me because I'm I'm just rolling all the time. So he he's a good he's been in radio for 35 years. He knows how to produce. He was a he's a DJ, he's a program director and music director. So he knows how to do all these things and he knows how how to get all the sponsors, which is that got me interested. He says, Stevie, I got BMW and uh, one of the liquor companies out the box. They're they're gonna go just because of the amount of people you have on your Instagram and you have on your Facebook. So I said, well, shit, just bring them on board then. And then uh, and and we got really for an hour and a half podcast that we did last week. It's got, you know, I think we did 10,000 views. And for people to watch an hour and a half podcast, you know, uh, eyeballs on your thing. It makes a big difference, of, uh, you know, uh, of how long they watch. Some people don't watch more than two or three minutes. So, uh, you know. So we get we get the analytics. We see how long they're watching on average. But they watched me, and uh, um, uh, I, I think it's a good sign that uh, we can bring nice conversation. We can just be freestyling like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to grow from here. But what a strong so. debut! Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I'll make sure we provide a link, and everybody can check out the show, and they can Thank get you. it on all your all the places you find quality podcasts. I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's a link tree or whatever it's called. They get you with 
uh, all of the platforms and stuff like that. So Felix does all that. And he assured me that uh, we're going we're gonna to be everywhere. Nice. <laughs> How are you feeling about the current state of freestyle music and the changes in the industry over the last 30, 40 years? Well, I've gone through it, so it's not much. I, I mean, um, I went through it just like all the fans went through it. I mean, at one point we were on radio, we were doing good, and then uh, we just got old. Uh, musical trends change. It does. It just happens. It's nobody's fault or anything like that. Uh, would I have liked to have seen it um, stretch out and have a sort of an inheritance effect and see more kids started? It's like hip hop. It's been around quite a few but it's gone through stages and phases. Uh, it, it changed from the old Run, Run DMC, LL Cool J, uh, early uh, hip hoppers. And now you have the mumble rap, you have the Post Malones, you have uh, Nicki Minaj's, you have the Cardi B's, this is still rap. Uh, you have Drake. All of these is the new dirt, little baby, baby's baby, baby's mama's baby, uh, yeah. baby's uncle's baby. So they got a lot of that, but that's not us. And uh, now everything is trending old school. So there is a demand, you know, I would say what goes around comes around uh, is an effect now for us because now my son, who is close to 30, he's considered in rap old school because he's already been around 10 years. So now the younger kids are young to him because he's close to 30, so they're 17, 16 now. Everybody's making music. Uh, you have all the, all of the internet phenoms and this one, that one, the other. So he's feeling kind of old. But those 35-year-olds right now are appreciating our music because they were born from us. So uh, as much as they grew up with a certain kind of hip-hop, they're, they're rediscovering us. So that 35-plus audience it's like saying, hey, I like this, this, this old freestyle stuff. The new freestyle, I got to say, look, we're the old lion. And the young lions want to take over the, the harem from the, from the, you know, the new ones want to take out the old ones. So I, I, I critique it pretty tough, hard. I want to see if you can beat us. You know, uh, can you can you stand the pain? Because we got hits, and you don't have the platform. They have actually a bigger platform than we, what we had. But can you beat those records? There's some classics that if if you come from the freestyle era, uh, we are, we are high demanding when it comes to letting others enter into the genre so easily. So we put a lot of pressure on them. Me as an artist and as a producer and the fans, shit. Not only are they tough on the new ones, they're tough on us trying to bring in something new into the game. So I got lucky with this new one, Take It All Back, uh, because I incorporated the old school and I found a way to put something fresh with it. And uh, it's, it's blown up. It's taken off rather quickly. Can we put a clip of it in the show? I would love to share it. Please. Let's do that. <laughs> I was sweating you 
feeling like a freshman, there's a senior I couldn't even sleep, waiting for the next day Just to see ya, girl, just to see ya When you walk by my heart, it skipped the beat Like a scratch CD, I was knee deep In the bowl, letters L-O-V-E Sprung on Sting, love band, she got me those who I've talked to in the freestyle community, it's a close knit family, you know, mm -hmm. no doubt about that. I agree with that hundred uh, percent more so than I've seen in any other genre. Well, I don't follow. I mean, yeah. For as much as, you know, I see some of the, the posts that come up on um, TikTok and, and Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't follow that. That's just not my news. I don't want to yeah. see all that. I mean, it's just a lot of bullshit sometimes. They're fighting and this one and that one's dealing. I mean, they're getting killed. They're killing each other. It's kind of, so that's just really not my, mm. my area of uh, interest other than I can look at it and say, hey, wow, well, maybe I need to be careful out there too. But uh, um, uh our community is is you're right. I guess I guess you could say that we are very close knit. Uh, freestyle people, they're coming out. They tough now. Freestyle freestyle fans, they ain't pushovers. No. So they'll, yeah, they'll tell me, uh, you you're not touching Spring Love. You're not you're not remixing it. You're not remaking it. You're, I'm like, but I wrote it. It's my music. I can do whatever I want. No, bro. No, bro, that that's ours. You don't touch that. You don't, you don't, but the way I did it on this record here, they're they're very accepting. They ain't they not bothering. They're like, oh, okay, all right, okay. You didn't bother it, but you included it with some cool stuff. So I think we wrote something nice for the old schoolers, mm. the mid-schoolers, and the new schoolers. Um and uh, hopefully we get some um, new fans out of this. I mean, you never know what can happen. It can go viral. But I haven't had this much attention on a record in a long time. That sounds really exciting. Oh, it is. <laughs> it's good to be needed again. I can't wait to share it. Yes. Yeah. Are there any collaborations you would like to make? Um, You know... People don't know collaborations are, are pretty tough sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, it depends on, it's like a marriage and somebody says, hey, you want to get married? I'm like, bro, do you know how hard it is to be married? I mean, I got to share my house with you. I got to share my car with you. I got to share. So, you, you know, how do you do it unless somebody can bring value? 
mm-hmm. to your stage, to your performances? Are they going to make you more money? And how meaningful is it? Uh, and how meaningful is the song? Because some songs don't are not supposed to get made by one person, let alone two. So uh, uh, how's the money going to split? Uh, how are we going to perform it? Is it yours or is it mine? Are you the feature? I'm the feature. Or is it a straight duet? So there's a lot of things. It has. I get offered all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just did one that I liked with Bobby. I told you, Bobby Rome. Bobby Rome. Uh, that one. That one excited me because of the meaning behind it, and it was exactly what we were. I was trying to say during uh, "Take It All Back." He was saying kind of like the same thing to tell our story from the beginning. But for the most part, if it's a meaningful uh, situation, shit, I'll do it. <laughs> I know. At least that's some bread, though. We gotta make some money together. But what you're saying makes complete sense. I never thought about those elements that makes mm-hmm. a lot of like. Of course. I feel like sometimes they just do it because everyone's playing off each other's star power. They are playing off each other's star power. Yeah. So if, if little Dirk's got fifty million and little baby's got fifty million, that's a hundred million. That's like two networks coming together. You know, ABC and CBS saying, let's do this thing together because together we're bigger and it's a way for both of us to make money uh, instead of dividing the audience. Why don't we just bring them together by doing it together? So uh, and they find a way to to uh, hash through the details. And if you can get that and all the pe- all the players are happy. Then it's meaningful. In the end, they have to be paying service to the song. This, the song is is crucial. I mean, it starts off with a good yeah. song. That's yeah. a great. Song. Yeah, I don't just do like I said. I don't just do any old song. Yeah, well, I I like how you uh, how you explained all that, and I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you about the current projects. Of course, the podcast coming out. What else can we look forward to from you in this year? Uh, look, I'm always working on tour, and uh, there's um, probably going to be about. I, I'm not taking. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do any club dates this year. So um, I'm done with those. I get offers to do that just all the time. And uh, the gro- the gro- the grueling grind of that. So I'm only doing a lot of big dates. I'm doing all, all arena dates this year or bigger festival dates, that kind of stuff. And um, that keeps me busy. It, it wears me out enough uh, because we're, we're not making a lot of money on music. You know, uh, the music is is that marketing tool. It's the advertising tool to let people know that you're still uh, relevant and uh, you still mean something to the market and you're still present because out of sight is out of mind. Uh, I'm actually real excited about the possibilities in the podcast because I heard that a lot of people are making a lot of money in the podcast, especially if you can, you can, I mean, you got DJ Collins and all these kind of people. They're making money off just the marketing and branding. They ain't doing very much. You don't even sing. Mm. So at least I can sing, you know, uh, uh, have a personality and you can carry conversations in most topics uh, from science to religion, politics, all these things. I mean, I have views and opinions that I think are pretty cool. Uh, musically, I can, you know, handle myself and from production to writing to marketing to concept to consumer. So I have a pretty good uh, uh, broad vision and broad intellect 
that I can handle myself in most situations. And hopefully it can mean something to uh, some brands to say, hey, I want to attach to Stevie B. That guy's cool. You know, I can talk a little shit. Oh, I can keep it. I can keep it fairly professional if we have to. So, yeah. <laughs> That's the fun in it. I can, talk a little yeah, shit. Yeah, I can, <laughs> yeah. But I can talk a little shit too, though. I can get down and I can get in them streets too. You know, I, I have my, I have had my time there. So uh, the, there's a, uh, there's a, I'm, well, let me just say it like this, Naomi. I'm a pretty big fucking deal. <laughs> I love, I'm a pretty big deal, love. sister. Oh, you are. You are. Trust I'm a pretty me. Big deal. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's been an absolute joy to have this conversation with you. And just for making the time for me today, I want to thank you, Stevie B. It's very, very special. I appreciate you. I really appreciate you too. And all the best of luck to you with the new podcast. It's going to be amazing. And I'll make yeah. sure that we, we put the word out. I appreciate you. And I hope you continue to do some great successes yourself. Thank you. Social media. Yeah, we've got it. Send us an email. Dope Nostalgia Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope. Or on Insta, dope underscore nostalgia. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.